Yes, sir. We have got a jam-packed West Coast. Hey, how you doing? Two straight wins kind of episode coming at you, Doug, where James Harden, fully unlocked. James Harden, fully an MVP form kind of guy. James Harden officially letting us all know it's going to be all right. He's back in form. The Brooklyn Nets doesn't really matter. As long as you have one superstar on the court, looks like they're going to be able to get the wins, whether it's here uh, on the East Coast or out there on West Coast time, which we don't mind at all. 124-108, on the season. James Harden looks fully back in form after a nice little 10-day break of not of his own choosing. But hey, we'll take the benefit of it. We're going to break it all down. But first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, and it's every single day. Remind you that we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And, of course, let you know today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that can help you identify and eliminate the subscriptions that you no longer want to pay and can even negotiate a better rate on the apps that you want to keep. Dougster, it has been a beautiful trip out to the West Coast for the Brooklyn Nets in spite of being a depleted roster. One James Harden looks like uh, he's got some things figured out here as they take care of the Clippers in a fairly convincing fashion. Yeah, dude, we burning the midnight oil with this bad boy. Excited to have the Nets off the West Coast, even though we kind of got a little lucky with the Lakers one because it was Christmas. And then... um, you know, with the Portland game, it gets postponed. So it's hard to do too much complaining about it, uh, about having to, you know, stay up late and, and watch a little Nets basketball and record. So we're all good. But it also makes it a lot easier when James Harden is just, like, fully back, right? <laughs> like, fully back into James Harden, like, sort of vintage James Harden. What happened when we he came over in from Houston in the trade? Like, the concerns that he had early in the season, each passing game get less and less, and he's just been awesome. Like I don't know another way to put it. He's was he's been he was so good in these last two games. Only takes one late game on the West Coast to really throw us off, as far from a scheduling standpoint. But you're right; uh, these games are easier when the Brooklyn Nets are obviously winning. We said this before when when they're ugly games or the Nets lose, staying up until one thirty, two o'clock in the morning can get a little bit more stressful. But that, but. The beautiful part about this is, and we said it coming out of that Lakers game, we know no Kevin Durant, and we wanted to see what would it look like after a long layoff from Harden. And now this is a second opportunity to kind of look at his game and say, affirmation of what we had we had thought would occur at some point this season, the longer that it took, was the more suspicious we got about when we would say, well, now James Harden is back. And I think the the last little piece of it was, once he gets fully healthy, once he gets back from the hamstring, once he's getting back in shape, is there still going to be this age factor and some diminishment? These last two games, and then specifically tonight against the Clippers, tells you, nope, it was just, it was just again, maybe it takes him a little bit longer to get into form, but it looks like he is now fully back to the James Harden that everyone has known for the last 10, 12 years in, in the league. Oh, 39 points, 15 assists, 8 rebounds, 40 minutes, looked as spry as ever. It's like he went on the COVID protocols and came back re- fully rested. I, like, I don't really know another way to put it at this point with him. He 
he took those he clearly took those days off and it was good for what ailed you in terms of maybe like the minutes he was playing or just you know continuing to maybe just get in some shape and 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 keep himself ready because between these last two games like he just looks kind of unstoppable now look this clippers team is not a fully a fully charged Clippers team. They're, they're no Paul George, no Reggie Jackson. You know they're missing Pete, no Nick Batum. Um, you know that that the one doesn't matter as much as the others, but they're they're far from a healthy team in their own right. Right. But we saw that when like a somewhat experienced team is forced to deal with this guy and a lineup that the Nets have that we'll talk about in a little little bit here, a lineup that actually really again sort of works with his with Harden's skill set. Like able to space, able to slash and cut. Um, when those guys, when that personnel was around him, because this is two games now where that starting lineup just looked really good with him running. Yeah, with him running the show, like that that um, that group just looked really really strong. It's easy to look strong when Harden's playing this well because he he requires so much attention from the opposing defense that you can just see what happens with the rest of the team when Harden is fully on his game like he has been over the last two, it's such a, it's such a pain. There's a curse there. It's such a pain for opposing, <laughs> for opposing defenses to deal with that. Everything else kind of starts looking so much easier. All of a sudden the court looks wide open, yep. right? Like how many times do we see the court because they're doubling high and he just is, he's the best passer in the game too. And so when he, like, he's just going to make all the right decisions. So I know we're just heaping praise on it, but this is exactly what you traded for when you traded for James Harden two years ago or a year plus ago. Like this form of him is a guy who can just carry a team without their best player yeah. and beat other sort of quality teams in, you know, in prime time, in you know, somewhat hostile crowds. It's all you know, all things being equal, and this is just what you get. Like he's a top, he's a top ten player again. Like that's what that's what he's playing like right now. Well, that's that's gonna be an interesting thing, right? If he continues to sustain this going forward, then it 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 reconfigures how you think about the next season again. We we've been saying even if he's not a top ten James Harden version of himself with Kevin Durant playing the way he's been MVP form, you feel great about this roster. Now, if you're gonna tell me that a two week layoff for James Harden has rejuvenated him and re-energized him, then I probably just look around to the back end of the regular season and say, let's make sure we get him another week off somewhere in there to make sure that he has all that energy that we want come playoff time. Outside of this game, too, I just think that or inside of this game, I should say, the 15 rebounds is a really nice piece of it. You mentioned it. We had Kevin Durant playing with all the rookies. Here's the veteran guys, and I just just think this is the first time too and it's great that it happens in the absence of Kevin Durant that James Harden is is doing it in every aspect of the offense he's scoring he's scoring looks good from the outside by the way in a way that he's he's been looking better from the perimeter than he had early yep. in the season as well and then it's the 15 it's a 15 assist though like to your point like even if you're a depleted Clippers team you can kind of look over across the court and say why don't we go ahead and just say anybody else beat us and James Harden avoided that opportunity for the Clippers by doing it in every aspect offensively, making sure that Claxton was involved, making sure that Blake Griffin had some attempts around the rim early in this game as well, and then ultimately just getting downhill, attacking, and doing it from the inside and the outside. So it's a great all-around game. Like you said, is it heaping praise? Sure, but this is now 1-2, and then even before the, the two-week layoff, I thought we had a sense that he was getting closer to being yeah. back to what we wanted. But this is now, like, we're finally confirming that James Harden can be back to where you need him to be if you want to be incredibly dangerous come playoff time. 
And the thing is, like, so it, you, you know, you say, okay, well, the 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 perimeter game looks a lot better. It's it's not a it's it's all part of the same thing because when he has more burst, which he's clearly had the last couple games, um, when he has more burst, the perimeter stuff becomes easier because his looks become better because one he like defenders now know that he can get past them a little bit easier and so that it, it back heals some of the defenders and um he's able to kind of like play a little like those these mind and kind of you know between the leg dribble games that he plays with guys a lot yep. because they just are so scared of what he's going to do when he, if he's just going to get past them and so then all of a sudden when those things are kind of happening then the perimeter game looks better because those ga- those you're making inter- incremental gains around the quality of looks that he gets around the perimeter. Yeah. So they're, they're, to me, they're totally tied together. When the, the legs are under him, he knows he can blow by people. He was not blowing by people early in the season. Like that's just a fact. Like there was that was just not happening. In addition to the other foul stuff, like there was just mo- it, you would see flashes of it. But it, he like there was just too many times where like where he was had advantageous switches on him, mm. and they and he just got roadblocked. That is not happening nearly as much now. And so when those things are not going to happen, that's just going to make the perimeter stuff look even that much better. And when that's it, like when that's going, then you're just dead. Like he just really is kind of unguardable at that point. Yeah, it, it was phenomenal, and it, and I think you're 100 percent right. It's like this. You've seen now this thread. We'll first get to the basket and stop worrying about the foul calls and just try to get to the basket. Okay, now that you've established the way that you want to get there, get to the line, knock down those free throws. Now that you have enough burst to get past defenders, start to expose them at every level. So he looks fantastic. Going to get into the rest of this game here. Uh, other players, again, familiar faces over these last couple of games out on the West Coast in terms of the supporting cast and having success, giving the Nets their uh, second or two straight wins out in L.A. anyway. But before we do, I've got to tell you about our friends over at Truebilts, the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about, friends. On average, people save up to $720 a year using Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. We know that. You forget what you subscribe to. The first one was free. Now you're going ahead and you're paying $10,000, $12,000 a month. I don't know what you're into. The bottom line is Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge can even negotiate a better rate on the subscriptions that you want to keep. You don't have to fall for subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA and it could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It's the same, relatively same cast of characters. Millsap shows up for a few minutes in this one. Uh, Javon Carter, still a bit of a problem. Uh, But overall, you know, uh, we tipped our hat to Nicholas Claxton on the back end of it. And again, if you have James Harden, (laughs) you highlighted it last game. And it felt, nothing felt more obvious than this game of, it turns out if you can kind of run the floor and catch a lob, you're going to be in good shape when Harden's on the court with you. It was a nice game from Claxton. You know, 18 points is, again, a big deal for him. Only five rebounds in this one. A lot more length for the Clippers, even the depleted roster, so it kind of makes sense that Claxton's going to struggle in some of those areas. But, you know, I, I said it last game, I'll say it again now, that the more that Claxton is decisive in his decision-making on the offensive end, whether it's passing out of the high post, whether it's getting the ball and turning and attacking downhill at the basket, if he can continue to do that with some level of consistency, you start to see how this game can really flow offensively with him being a piece of it, not a bystander to it, or a byproduct to someone else like James Harden. 
Yeah, so his game has looked when Harden is fully in his back, he's going to make opposing or excuse me, he's going to make uh, bigs on his team look better. The Nets, you know, it's funny about this because I'm actually going to lump all three of these guys together in this. Um, Claxton had a really good game. I thought Bembry was excellent, yep. and I thought Bruce Brown was excellent. So, Cla- okay, so the Nets really kind of played. It's just so funny to talk about this. Claxton is clearly their big in this lineup. But really effectively, Bruce Brown and DeAndre Bembry are also bigs. <laughs> they just are <laughs> right. small. They're just smaller than bigs, but they play very similar to bigs. In if you looked at this lineup, it really shouldn't work. They don't. They only have two shooters in the starting lineup, right? It's Harden and Mills. No one else took. No, I don't think anyone else even took a three. But maybe Bembry took one. Uh, Javon Carter yeah, hoisted uh, up a ton. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> but, no, no, I'm just, I'm not talking no, about. I'm talking about the starting lineup. So, yeah. Bruton, no, sorry, Bruce Brown took one three. Yeah. Bembry took zero. Nat Claxton took zero. You look at that and you're like, okay, this this lineup shouldn't work um, because it just doesn't have enough guys that can shoot. But Harden is so good that what happens with these lineups is that what they're running so much is this like sort of spread offense where these guys flash high post. We saw it from Bembry a lot. We see it from Claxton a lot. They flash high post, especially out of the double, and then it opens up so much of the court. So just think about how many kind of easy buckets the Nets got this game. Between Claxton around the rim, between Bembry just getting like thunder thunder jamming a couple of these home, um, and then even like Bruce Brown with the floater. The reason all that stuff works over and over again and why Claxton specifically looks good also is because the space that is created even with the, it's like amazing. Even in this lineup with not with two shooters, like they don't have to guard the perimeter. They have to guard the perimeter literally against two guys, Mills and Harden. <laughs> right. And still, and still, like the, 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 it's so good, especially on, on Harden, that they opened up so much space and were able to sort of expose it over and over and over again. And it's kind of like somewhat defensively like a problem because the Lakers or Lakers, the Clippers, um, you know, are gonna are just having problems, and this is just not their starting lineup. But we saw it with the Lakers game too. Like this amount of space that these guys have to operate, they're not they can't pack the paint. It's a it's, I I know I'm just kind of going here, but like they basically played with three bigs, and and still and still were able to put like just absolutely put it on the Clippers because there's just so much space. There's just so much space around the interior to operate. That even a guy like Claxton can just look really good in situations like this. And funnily enough, you, you mentioned Patty Mills, right? 18 points in this game wasn't <laughs> the the sixth man of the year form that he's been in of late. He wasn't a, a, as crucial early in this game. So, And it's not to say that you're taking away one of those perimeter guys. But I do think that when you have these three players in Claxton, Bembry, and Brown... They are all playing a pseudo five role, like you say, but each one of them does something a little bit different, right? Bembry is better at slashing. He has five assists in this game. He has a little bit of that court oh, and, vision. And real quick, and like his his passing out of the out of like the short roll post was awesome. Right. Like this is the other thing too. Like his his read and react stuff in this game really stood out. Even if you don't aren't watching for that stuff. Sorry to cut you off, no. but I just wanted to make sure like that was like conveyed. But and that's no, and that and that's a part of it, right? So now you're talking about well, depending on how you approach defending Harden on a given possession is what opens it up for a Brown, for a Claxton, for a Bembry, and then the secondary element off of that is 
Now, what is Bembry going to do as he gets down to the low post? You think that you understand that Claxton's going to go and attack at the basket. That presents its own problems. And then Bruce Brown is, I think, capable. He feels like them capable of doing both things. Well, I can go at the basket and then hit that little floater that I do. I also understand the right play to make if there's an open shooter in the corner. Where is Harden now going seeking extra space? Because once you collapse two defenders on the outside, everything becomes a scramble to cover, scramble to cover. And that paid off really. Listen, the Nets is 124-108 is the final score here. They're up 20. They, they scored 71, by the way, in the first half. That's their highest first half point total this season. Like, I don't care what the state of the L.A. Clippers is. They just did that with essentially two shooters in their starting lineup, like you said. So it's just, it's incredibly buoying if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan right now to see that this is a version of this offense that can operate very successfully. Now, there are going to be different matchup problems depending on who you're going up against. Of course there is. But the fact that James Harden is playing at this high of a level and all of these guys seem to be hitting their stride within the offense means that it's going to present only that much more opportunities when we talked about last episode, when Joe Harris gets back fully healthy. When you have Kevin, I mean, I start to think about, well, if Harden's playing like this, and maybe this is what we get to in the next segment, it's like, what does it look like when Kevin Durant is out there and Harden is playing this crisp of basketball on the offensive side? Yeah, because if you replace Joe Harris, like let's say you replace, you put Joe Harris in Bruce Brown's place in this offense, right? Yeah. Um, like you are all of a sudden looking at like significantly more scoring opportunities just because of the nature of the shots he's going to get. Because these guys, you know, Bruce Brown and Bembry, Bembry especially, and even Claxton too, he's getting, there's more confidence here. But Bembry, like they can finish around the rim. Like actually that's their skill and why they're able to play with Harden here is because they actually can finish um, in in three distinct ways. But they're able to do it. But they actually. But if you just added another shooter in this case, like if you if you just swapped out one of those guys, that is just such a more potent offense yeah. that it's kind of scary if you think about like that. Joe Harris would make this. Now you give up the stuff on the defensive end, and, and I get that because you, what you also get with this lineup is just like really good defense yeah. for the most part. Like you just get really or at least really good on ball defense. We saw it sort of exposed at times, um, but for the most part, like. It just shows you that when Harden is playing well, he can unlock. He can unlock. Okay, let me put it this way, because actually this is my original point, and then I, I think we can probably move on this. But like, he unlocks combinations that really shouldn't be working, <laughs> right? Like, like, right, like right. he like, he unlocks combinations of, of players that if you if it was an any other guy probably or just about any other player in that spot, you would be really at risk of having just a bad line. You wouldn't be able to score. Yeah. You just wouldn't because you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to guard the perimeter as much. There wouldn't be as much space. It would really look super compact in the middle because teams are just not going to run out and need to protect it. Like, they don't need to run out the three point line on Bembry or Bruce Brown on the odd times where they even kind of like land in those areas. Right. And that's just because you have just this singular talent. So I, I, I always want to bring it back to Harden because I do think that these guys are really nice complementary pieces, but they look a lot more complementary because of what Harden allows them the freedom to be able to do. Like, you know, like memory can get downhill and just finish around Zubac because he is able to get ahead of steam and because there's no other defenders in the area. And now all of a sudden you can kind of blow by these, like this, like drop coverage kind of stuff. So that's really the gift that is provided the rest of these guys. And that, and that's probably is yes. Harden's going to be the theme of this episode all the way through, obviously, but it, we mentioned at the top that burst. The, the difference is not even, even certain superstar talents at the level of a, of a James Harden don't necessarily have the same skill set to be able to penetrate the lane and then be a threat of, 
I can attack the rim. I can also set someone else up. I also have that yes. court vision. So many passes when he was blowing past the defender on the outside and then looking cross-court to the corner and giving open looks to Patty Mills, giving some open looks to Javon Carter. Whether or not these shots go down, we also say too, right? You can't always be results-oriented as far as did this did the pass lead to a make. It's not really about that. It's about whether or not the, the opportunity was unlocked, and that's what Harden can do no matter where he is on the floor. So that's the big difference, I think, between him and other point guards that can be successful at this is that James Harden has consistently shown in his career he's a threat to do any of three things. Pull-up jumper, drive for, drive for a bank off the glass, and also set up and facilitate for others. When those three things exist, it just creates a, a stagnation defensively where you can't fully commit to one thing yeah. or the other, so everything looks easier for guys that are technically defensive upside players who look pretty darn good offensively want to get into I kind of want to ask you like a a little bit of a big picture question here and even touching back to last season a little bit Uh, before we do though got to remind everybody that uh, after you've made our your our podcast that's the locked on nets podcast in case you didn't know your first listen of the day make the locked on uh now podcast if I could get there your second listen of the day. Why? It's late, buddy. It's okay. Yeah, listen, uh, full head of steam. Full head of steam until about the 20-minute mark. It's because the Locked On Now podcast is going to give you nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from all of your local experts. You can listen to Locked On Now podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Good sir. Also, let the people know what they can be doing over on Bet Online. Oh, baby, Bet Online has you covered. Rolling through this NBA crazy NBA season where it seems like every team is playing with a new team every night. Unlock some of that for yourself over at Bet Online with all the props, odds, lines. Uh, as we roll through the M- uh, NBA season, football season sort of winding down on the regular season, but playoffs about to hit college bowls. All right around the corner. Bet Online re- remains your number one spot for all your sports action. Head on over mobile device or web uh the brand new website that they've developed is really really sleek uh you can sign up today that's totally free you're going to want to make a deposit when you do 50 grab that 50 percent welcome bonus but you have to use the promo code locked on just like our podcast network 50 percent welcome bonus over at bet online basketball football hockey when they come back boxing ufc some vegas casino games as well take advantage of all the offers through this year and beyond fat bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports don't wait take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available bet online where the game starts so the the, the interesting question that i think from a big picture standpoint is you you were high we're just highlighting how james harden makes defensive players look like competent nay high value offensive talents do you think that that's maybe the biggest adjustment that this team, that this organization made from a roster construction standpoint from last year to this year, saying we want to be a better defensive team because we do have incredibly talented players in Kevin Durant and James Harden. And if we know and understand how much better James Harden and Kevin Durant can make players, then maybe we don't have to worry about what they come in the door with offensive skill set-wise. It's more about what they can do for us defensively because they continue to be one of the better defensive teams, and it seems like over these last two games, it has been the Bembrys, the Browns, the versatilities of Claxton that have allowed you to do things defensively that makes the offensive game open up with such an easy flow. 
Yeah, so you're able to take you're able to sort of put more one way players. I would I would say like guys like and I'm, I want to say something real quick about Bruce Brown and Ben Reed. Like they're very good players. They're just not they don't have the skill set that guys of their size typically have. That's all. But you are seeing more of this in the NBA. These like combo guard, um, quasi big men that are now playing guard. Like Bledsoe plays this like a little bit when they're actually fully healthy. We see Gary Payton play like this uh, at times. These guys that are don't have like, the same requisite skills, which is like perimeter shooting, um, like a lot of on-ball stuff. Mm. Um, and and I, and I think the Nets really learned that from when sort of, I would, I think kind of by accident with Bruce Brown last year, that it was, I don't think that's what they probably thought they were getting with Bruce Brown. And then they turn him in, they turn him into like this short roll sort of offensive center, right? Out of sort of out of nowhere. And I think once they realized that they then realized that it was going to be okay to have a few more guys like this, like Deandre Bembry, right? Like, okay, it doesn't, you don't have to shoot the three as well because yeah. you, you're going to have other things unlocked for you here. It doesn't look as great when your team is bad because now you're, you need to do more stuff in the offense, and that's just probably going to have really you know significant diminishing returns for their skill sets. But in this lineup with him, you can withstand. Like you don't need to have them on the ball, and then you get all the defensive upside too, because clearly around like the ball hawking, um, the ability to just guard multiple positions. They're just both super strong and fast, and I'll throw Claxton into it too. You just don't need those guys to be as offense as as awesome on offense as other teams would need to, because you just have enough offense. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. like, when you have Kevin Durant, when you have James Harden, those guys are like one. This is like I'm making this number up. It's like it's like having one and a half offensive players right. on your team when you have <laughs> when you have them for each and one. And that's like, <laughs> right. and that's probably that's probably overreaching it because they're not like fifty percent better. On, I mean, I guess on some people they are fifty percent better than than other guys. But my point is, they are so much better on offense than everyone else that you can just give some of it back yeah. on offense and and then and just and and play and then get it all back on defense. And when you and you do that, like you are gonna see, like I'm like they're finally blowing some teams out. Like do you know getting like I know they, I know they couldn't do it with the Lakers, but this is what the Nets need to be doing more of over the course of this next the rest of the season is just realizing some of this stuff and just blowing teams out and just, and that's how they're going to get rest also. Yeah. It's been interesting to think about that shift. Cause you say about players that are not perimeter shooters, you, you always think about will surround Kevin Durant and James Harden with more perimeter shooters because of the attention they draw. This is a, this is a different way to go about it. And it seems like, well, by the way, real quick, yeah. by the way, that works too. Right. right <laughs> like, no, like, <laughs> yeah. It's also good to do that. But I, but I think, see, because I, I, the reason why I brought it up is because going back to last year, I, I do think now they dealt with injuries going to the playoffs, but I would say like, man, having these guys that you know have this defensive value for you can become more important, right? Like when you go back to last year and think about the playoffs and it's this is not what Joe Harris is supposed to be doing, but when he's getting put on to Chris Middleton and getting cooked with consistency, it's like, man, this is such this is such a drain on that end of the floor. So now in games when you're when you're leading and you want to expand the lead, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, having these guys around Kevin Durant and James Harden, well that's going to be great. But what about when you're in a tight game? What about when you're down by 6 and you have 7 minutes to go or 3 minutes to go and you need to get key stops? Now you have the ability to say, yeah, here's three valuable bodies that have versatility and hopefully can get us those stops when we need them to allow us to go and unlock things offensively. I think that's another lesson that the Nets carried over from last year. And now, listen, we're not going to know it for sure until we get back into the playoffs. But but that value has to be seen, at least right now, where you'd say if you were in that same playoff series, everything was exactly the same, but you had a DeAndre Bembry. 
well, I'd rather throw him out there on the court to try to take on Chris Middleton than Joe Harris for however many possessions you want to go for it, and you play that offensive-defensive game. And I think, we're, you know, and the good thing is, because, uh, look, I'm going to make one more point. In a playoff series, what they were running tonight, they just wouldn't be able to run. In, in a, in a high-quality playoff series against an actual playoff team, they would not be able to run. This is like a really nice uh, sort of um, regular season offense. Um, so I want to like, kind of make that clear. But, but... The key here is what you want to become uh, playoff time is optionality, right? Yes, like you yes, actually want I mean, yeah. you you, you want to have you want to have good options where you you know we saw at the end of the playoffs last year they were so ravaged by injuries the options were just kind of over like they ran out of all their options nobody could play anymore you know even Jeff Green was hurt there was just they just had nothing left it was like you needed Kevin Durant to take every shot and there's nothing left like that's not the it was not the ideal situation yeah. obviously but what you are seeing now is that the players, for the most part, like, and I think you see this with James Johnson too, I'm not going to go as far as Javon Carter and Millsap, um, I don't think at all, but what you're seeing from these guys is that you are going to have, if you can have everyone be healthy, you're going to have more options than you had last year. You know, I think they'll still really miss Jeff Green because he was a really, really important piece, but I think they're probably going to go playoff time with more guys you would trust being able to play in the playoffs in mm-hmm. some fashion. And some series are going to play a lot, and some they're not going to play that much, right? But it's okay because you can just pick and choose your spots. And I think that is the key for getting them like, you know, through the regular season and then into the playoffs is that we're seeing more guys. And like look, we, we've already skipped over the rookies because you forget about these guys after two seconds when they're you know, <laughs> out with the protocols. And we, uh, we were praising these guys, you know, <laughs> 10 days ago because that's being the next coming like Kessler everyone's going to see a lot of minutes but what we're seeing is we just want to you want to have as many options as possible yeah opportunities to say we we can rotate through a number of different combinations here again when you have James Harden Kevin Durant that's what makes it possible but you have a lot better options and I think a little bit of a deeper a deeper selection of players especially when you consider the idea well Blake Griffin is coming gone here Millsap has not been anything yet so those are two players that theoretically we we had earmarked as being important coming into this season and now they've been replaced by other guys so the Nets have been able to make it work one last thing before we get before we get out of here I'll forget forget who it was they named the player today on the broadcast uh, for another team the 540 something player to play in an NBA game this season oh, what a mess already more than all of last year so you know inside of this thing we know what the Nets have been dealing with a lot of teams are dealing with it but that's not the type of record a lot of records being set this season you know you got Steph Curry with triples and a lot of a lot of good things happening that's not the record that the NBA wants to be setting because you do get these random games with random cast of characters and hopefully it keeps surging in the right direction but I just I was astounded by the fact we're not even at the all-star break yet and you've heard, <laughs> you're gonna double the number of players before the season is over and guess what a lot of these names you hear this year you may never hear again at the NBA level. Oh, I gotta tell you, look, I, I could I could do fifteen minutes on this. I'm not going to, but I have for the last like you know seven or eight years done almost exclusively just like figuring out the minutes. I've said this a lot, but figuring out the minutes for every team, it's never been harder. And it's not not even close. Like Greg Monroe. That's been, who it was. There's my boy. Greg, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, he actually had a good game. Yeah. Greg Monroe came in and dropped like 10 points or something like that for the Timberwolves. I should look it up real quick. Uh, yeah. So Monroe, Monroe hasn't even played. He played 25 minutes, dropped at 11, 9, and 6. As <laughs> like you Joe do. Johnson. Excellent. Joe Johnson was back with the Celtics. Like, this is just crazy town. I, like, I can't even believe we're here. Um, but they're going to start They're gonna start lowering some of these. They already said that they're going to lower the uh, amount of days it's going to take to come back and the asymptomatic stuff. So I think we're going to probably not see too much more 
more of this as the rest of the season goes on. Okay, we're gonna we'll talk we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about this game. Uh, I think this could be a pretty fun rewatch actually, just because like some of the stuff that Harden was doing. Uh, we'll bring you some more stuff uh, about the game, some of the offense that they ran as well. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're locked, subscribe to the Locked On Nets YouTube channel. Saw the numbers, really great. A couple last couple episodes, uh, subscriber numbers just kind of continue to jump up every single day. Uh, it's so encouraging. I will put the link in the show notes, but uh, subscribe over to Locked On Nets over on YouTube. And of course, when you're done, again, making us the Locked On Nets podcast your first listen of the day, maybe make the second listen. You have a second option here. You can make it Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and expert analysis from Lee Sterling. Friends, as they say, you can be lucky, you can be unlucky, but I never thought of myself as unlucky. When you aim high, it's tough to get there unless something really fortunate happens. Henry Cavill. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. Whether he's The Witcher or... Uh, does he play other stuff? Oh, Superman. Superman, there you go. yeah. He's powerful. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes, I think. Yeah, what oh. a poet. Okay, we'll be back again tomorrow talking more <laughs> Brooklyn Nets basketball. You sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.